5: Greetings, welcome inside Hour 2 of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. And something crazy, we can really just buttonhole what the college football, the rest of the season's gonna look like coming up in a couple of minutes. Because really, with everything going on, you think there's so much at stake and really it's not. There's only seven teams that can make the playoff. The top four teams right now and three others. But... Uh, first things first. Something that broke last night that has since turned out to be a fake. Bob Costas is not on Twitter.
7: Oh man, it is. Not I was Bob really ready Costas. to get in and start uh, beating
5: him up a little bit on the social media platform. <laughs> last night, a an account appeared on Twitter suddenly uh, that looked real enough that it was Bob Costas, except for the fact there was no check mark and. Clearly, that's something that can still fool people because hey, do you still does everybody always get a check mark right away? Maybe not. Maybe this is something Bob Costas decided to do and he'll get his check mark in a couple of days. And it looked legit. Picture of Bob Costas, very short uh, bio with his accomplishments, his Emmy Awards, and he started racking up followers right away. And it was well, Bob Costas is on Twitter. And then Bob Costas was told about it and said, That's not me. I'm not on Twitter. Uh, it is not Bob Costas. He is not on Twitter. He has no plans to join Twitter. In fact, he went on a couple of radio shows. He was on Rich Eisen show talking about it, saying, I'm not doing it, uh, and it wasn't me. What kind of tips some people off is Bob Costas started putting up some, allegedly, uh, NFL power rankings. And Bob Costas oh, said good. today, Bob Costas said today, if I, I, I I couldn't go up and name uh, the, the head coaches and quarterbacks of all the teams in the NFL. I can't. I'm not going to put oh, up Oh, that's rankings. that's
7: right. After all those years of <laughs> cashing in, he quit the NFL. I remember.
5: Yeah. He said if my life depended on naming the coach of every NFL team and their starting quarterback, I'd begin making out my will and testament. So I I so this shows you how, you know, how how up Bob Costas is on the NFL. He's not. Uh not at all. And so he's not putting up his power rankings. This is not him. It's not Bob Costas. He said this is not me. I did not do it. But there was one clue that should have tipped people off, that is, if you really know Bob Costas, is that the person who put this Twitter account up, which has since been suspended, said, hey, Bob Costas, uh, here's what I've done, 21 Emmys. Bob Costas has 28 Emmys. Costas saying today, if I'm going to put up a... Uh, thing on Twitter. I'm not going to shortchange myself seven Emmys. He's got 28 Emmys because he's won in sports news and entertainment, the only person to win in all three categories. So, the Emmy count was wrong. Someone who took all this care, put this up, got the Emmy count wrong, and that was the big thing that started this whole domino falling of, I don't think this is Bob Costas, uh, and clear enough now, it's not Bob Costas on Twitter. Well, maybe he had some humility and realized there were seven of them that he didn't earn. Oh! <laughs> Oh. so wait. So that means Peyton Manning has to give back the, the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. If sure. we're talking about things you don't earn, okay. Well, he All was right.
7: in the he was in the uniform, so I guess it worked. But yeah, <laughs> they they were still ahead on the scoreboard, so I guess he wins there. When it comes to <laughs> Emmys, my man, it's a popularity contest. <laughs> oh
5: man, Bob Costas not on Twitter. I mean, really- like
7: that. He got his messaging about the NFL out while he's at it.
5: I, I Remember, I walked away from the NFL because
7: they're <laughs> evil and wrong, and I hate the DH. That was one piece the, that I thought was going to be a legit talking point coming off of the uh, the fake Bob Costas Twitter account was mm. the uh, they should remove the DH altogether.
5: Like, <laughs> well, that does sound like something Bob Costas would uh, stand up and oh, of course, keep telling you of course that be but but look, but this is this is I, I don't I don't get people's Desire to promote something on Twitter when it doesn't have a blue check mark. When it's something this incendiary like this. When it's something no, or so and so has joined Twitter. Somebody has incredible news. I gotta retweet it. I gotta talk about it. Hey, you don't see a blue check mark. What What are you doing? Yeah, but maybe the- he did it on a whim and yeah, but, but, they wait, hadn't do, gone through the process. And by the way, I don't your, have a blue check mark, so blank you. No, no, no. What I'm saying <laughs> is when you say incendiary <laughs> stuff, like, hey, here's a trade that's gone down, right? You know, I, I mean the insiders, the fake woges, the fake the – fake accounts like that, well, that of that, people they, who those people who are putting out those trades that's a whole but, other thing but what's what's the win by being someone who got cuz like Dave Pash on ESPN got got by it Michael K on Yes Network got got by it what's the what's the win to say? oh yeah yeah Bob Costas is on Twitter what's your win i mean what well, I don't understand how does how does this how does this help you how does this help your career I, by by being the first person I, bob costas is on twitter oh my goodness yeah i got to go and listen to this show i don't get what the big <laughs> push to it is i, I <laughs> What's your win? There's no victory there. There's no yeah, winner there. Just like Nick Bakai likes to say. There are no winners here. There There's are no winner. winners here. Yes. No winners. Ah, Nick Bakai, I got, I got uh, to get in touch with him. It's been a minute. Uh, but yes. he's a, he was yeah. a funny dude, man. Whenever, he's a funny pieces, dude, yeah. His pieces would come. Well, I, I, haven't, I haven't talked to him in a, in a long time, but his pieces when we were at ESPN that he would send in every week, his tale of the tape was just hilarious. I, I, it, was, it was like we would all watch, hey, did you see the Nick Bakai tape came in? Ah, oh, the dude is so funny. Yeah, uh, the Jason hard Smith on show. Mom. yeah, yeah. Well, he's been a sitcom writer for a long time, yeah, yeah. Right? And wasn't he? Wasn't he the voice of like a, the cat on *Sabrina the Teenage Witch* or that is something like that? Absolutely right. That's right. Yeah, How about that. Look at that. I'll take Nick Bakai trivia for five hundred, please. <laughs> uh, but with the news today that it looks like the path for Ohio State is clear to play in the Big Ten championship game when they weren't going to have enough games, the Michigan game got postponed or canceled. Was Ohio State going to get the number of games in to qualify to play for the Big Ten Championship and by that right, go and, and win one of the four spots in the college football playoff. The Big Ten today decided, well, there's no reason it had to be six games. We can make it four games or five games or whatever we want. It, it doesn't mm, matter. That's so absolutely they decide, right. It's just, a rule we just, made. Nobody yeah.
7: else had to ratify. No, and no, when no, they no. went to the vote, they looked at each other and said, is
5: this good? <laughs> for the conference there is there is no reason we have to adhere to this so let's just change the rule we did they're not changing the constitution you're not changing the bill of rights you're just changing a rule that you made up well you got to play that you made up four months ago okay yeah exactly so this was done so now Ohio State is clear to play for the college football playoff and it looks very large right now when you try to think of all the teams competing for the playoff, but the f- actual number of teams that can make it in is really small. All right, now, so listen to me here because I'm telling you, there's only seven teams that can make it, and four of them are in the top four spots. All right, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Those are your top four spots. Now, I think we can say clearly enough the winner of Notre Dame, Clemson, at the very least, stays in the top four. No matter yep. who that winner is, if it's Clemson, both teams will stay in the top four. With Notre Dame beating Clemson before, Clemson beating Notre Dame before. But
7: unless, one of those, unless Clemson safe. absolutely thrashes them, then I could see Notre Dame falling out.
5: Uh, Notre, Notre Dame's going to be ten and one. Yeah, They'll but play, they barely but beat them with, the, them with the with the freshmen.
7: Yeah, so like I, you, you, so you can make the argument that you could push them out. Now, when you talk about TV shows, as we often do, uh, so if you hear that. Uh, Reminder that, uh, I don't know, what is this, the end of year seven? Uh, It's at least seven years that we've been espousing this. It's a TV show. Like
5: all of these things. And you're also having a team that could be a one-loss team and their one loss is in the conference championship game, which the playoff committee always looks good on. They they, 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 they don't frown upon that. If you're a one-loss team and you don't make the conference championship, sorry, we don't know you. But if you're a one-loss team and that one loss is in the conference championship, then we can see around it. All right, so Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. There are three teams who can get one of those spots, only three, and I'll outline them for you. Those teams are Florida, because Florida's playing Alabama in the – SEC championship game. It's mm-hmm. already settled for, for uh, two weeks from this Saturday. If Florida wins, clearly they'll jump into the top four. Now, do they take Alabama's spot? Do they take another spot? That depends on how things go, but Florida with a win will jump into the top four. As good as Alabama's been, if they lose, Florida jumps in. And then we're talking about, boy, is Notre Dame or Clemson knocked out? Is one of those teams? But Florida can get in. All right, now let's go through all the teams, all the way to 15. Because that's going to be the cutoff point where the last team can get in. All Texas right. A&M, not in the conference championship game. They're not getting in. Right? They're 7-1. and one. You're not in the conference championship game. You're not getting in. So they're out. Iowa State, playing for the Big 12, but they have two losses. Done. Cincinnati, not a Power 5 team. Not getting in. Hey. Georgia, two losses. Not getting in. Right? Right. Miami, one loss. Not in the conference championship game. You're not getting in. Oklahoma, 7-2. Two two losses. You're not getting in. Indiana, not in the conference championship game. You're not getting in. All these teams are eliminated because they're not playing in their conference championship game or they have two losses. I mean, that's a pretty hard and fast rule that I'm not doing anything particularly creative to try to keep a team out of me. This is just just how it is. Coastal Carolina, not a Power 5 team. They're not getting in. Northwestern. That is team number two, your Northwestern Wildcats, Mike Harmon, because you win this weekend, you'll jump up a few more spots, you beat Ohio State... You get their spot, number four, Northwestern can get in the playoffs. So, so far, it's Florida and it's Northwestern that can get in the college football playoff. Those are the only two teams that can get in because they play teams already in the playoff. And if they win, they will simply take their spot. Those are the only two teams that are going to be able to win. These other teams, if they if, if, if Alabama loses, you're not going to vault Texas A&M ahead of them. You're not going to vault Florida ahead of them. Iowa's, none of these teams are going to be able to make a jump because they're not playing conference championship games. So, you got to go from Florida all the way to Northwestern to find that team. And Northwestern, you guys got to win this weekend over Illinois because right. if you lose, if you get two losses going to that game, you could win, but you're not getting in the championship. Then you're not but, getting in, no. But it's right now, Florida, Northwestern. Those are your first two teams that can get in the college football championship. Look at you. You got all the way down
7: to number 14, my beloved Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, looking for that rematch against Ohio State two years ago. In the Big Ten title game, 45-24, your final. Uh, Not a a great day. Dwayne Haskins uh, went off. Uh, Clayton Thorson, who's uh, number two for uh, the Sunday Night Football-loving New York football giants right now. (laughs) So you have that. (laughs) See how how I tie all these stories together. He could be playing on this Sunday. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) You you never can tell. Uh, But, yeah, to your point, all of those teams – and look, you want you want to finish as high in the rankings as you can. Why? Boosters love seeing, hey, we finished top 10, right? Keep the monies rolling. Keep the checks coming in. We need be- bigger, better facilities. Look how close we are. We're ready for the breakthrough. All of, it, it all writes itself. Uh, but if you're not playing for a conference title, it's awful hard to try to justify pushing up. Because remember, these are all, all preliminary rankings. And what are they designed to do? Get gums flapping right, from the opening rankings when, when they, those first come out, right, ah, oh, here's our rankings show for the first time, and everybody gets mad, and sports talk, radio, uh, all during the daytime. Everybody's indignant about the good, the badly, uh, ugly of the rankings that came out, the scheduling, and what it all means. Uh, and, and right now you still have a lot of that, right? Iowa State, uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati AD went nuts, earlier today Mm -hmm. over Iowa State jumping them. It's like, it doesn't matter. You're not getting in. (laughs) So unless you've got a bet with someone that you were going to finish, you know, seventh or higher, that's really the only thing on the line there for Cincinnati. Sorry for all you Bearcats fans out there. Uh, But sometimes reality sucks. I mean, I got got to just call it what it is. Everybody else, you're talking two lost teams, uh, even including Iowa State, right? Because you could fight the... The schedule thing and just say this doesn't make any sense and you know what in the end it's not going to matter the problem is when a member of the committee is the AD from Iowa that doesn't help things yeah, but then you just say <laughs> well they're they're natural rivals but okay but they're still trying to prop up the state of Iowa so probably should have had someone else be the speaker for this one today but it, it does raise the point all the way to number 14 they take care of business the next two weeks Northwestern sure does know how how to appear on uh, and take over a lot of television shows.
5: Well, I had occasional radio shows. I now cede the floor back to Jason Smith. (laughs) So there's your first two teams. The only other team that can get into the playoff right now, sitting at 15 in the college football playoff, and that's USC. Yeah. An undefeated USC team, the... History, the mystique around the program. If you have USC at six and zero, and you well, we took Ohio State at six and zero. Here's USC at six and zero, and they're beating everybody pretty good. And you see them moving up big time. USC is the only other team because you get past USC, and you have two loss Iowa. They're not getting in. Three loss North Carolina. Right. I mean, really. Then you're into BYU, Louisiana, Texas, even Colorado. Let's say Colorado four and zero. Colorado doesn't have the cachet. That USC has it's really three teams that can make it in USC, Northwestern, and Florida. And even if Florida beats Alabama, you think, oh, that's going to open things up for like an A&M? No, Florida Alabama are both getting in. All right, Alabama one loss Alabama is in. Then it's going to be well is Notre Dame or Clemson or both these guys in? Is Ohio? Then it's going to be Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. One of those teams is out. But even if Alabama loses, they're going to wind up being get getting in as a one loss team into the playoff. That's why. It's those are the only three teams that have a path to the college football playoffs outside of the teams in the top four Florida, Northwestern, and USC. Didn't think I'd say that beginning of the year, but this is where we're at. It's 2020. And you know how you fix it all? Expand
7: the playoffs. Anyway, uh, that ship has sailed. <laughs> that
5: ship has sailed, so to speak. You said ship, right? Okay, good. I, I said just want to. Because you kind of hiccuped there a little bit. Okay, good. So I just wanted to make sure. I learned uh, from watching you.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever.
5: I really need to give Adam Gase credit for something. Wow. I know. Stop for a second. I don't want you to have a heart attack, but I – I, I, I This could is, induce a heart attack moment, I guess. And, and, and this is not a joke. This is not where I say, oh, because, you know, I got to give him credit for getting this Trevor Lawrence. No, no, no. No, I got to give him credit for something that is real it's on the football field. It's something that I didn't think he'd be able to do, and it, it, it really, no, this is a real piece. This is not hiding in something. I'm not going to pull the rug out from under you. I'm not going to pull the football away as you go to kick it. No, this is a real thing coming off of a big piece of NFL news today. Uh, the Jets, Adam Gase and the other coaching staff, talked about how depressed the coaching staff has been the last couple of days because they can't get over the loss of the Raiders, in which former defensive coordinator Greg Williams said, hey, Trevor, come on, come to New York, watch this. I'm going to call zero coverage, send three guys back. Watch Henry Ruggs catch his you know. Uh So they have not been able to get over that. He said the came the coaching staff, they were pissed. They were in a funk. He said, quote, it's tough. Our players will do a good job. They'll respond. They have through this whole thing. We have to do the same thing. They didn't have any team meetings Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday. He wanted to give the players time and space to get over the loss and because of COVID protocols, they couldn't come to the facilities. And he said they were it was really, really bad. They were pissed. They were depressed. They were awful. And this is what I got to give him credit for. And I didn't think he could do it because the guy has zero personality. I give him credit because the one thing you can tell watching the game Sunday, watching the Jets play, they have not quit on this season in a season in which they're losing every week they know nobody cares. They know the fan base is cut cut out on them. They know the fan base is openly rooting for them to lose so they can get Trevor Lawrence. In a year where COVID-19 protocols are making every week much more difficult to play, the Jets have not quit. You watch them play Sunday, they're playing like they're hungry. They want to get that first win. They don't want to go 0-16. No player wants to carry that around with them for the rest of the years. I know it's bad, and you can't cut things up for the Jets any more than just... It's the worst team in the NFL. They could be having the worst season in NFL history. They're going to go down being as inept as some of the worst teams in NFL, some of the 0-16 teams, the 0-14 Bucks, the 0-16 Lions. They're going to go down every bit as bad as them. But none of them have quit, and he has kept the team together because it's so easy at this point. I thought, boy, we're going to get to the last four games of the year, and it's going to be – the season's got to end, right? I mean, all these embarrassing stories, right, left, everywhere else. I mean, look, Sunday was bad, but that's an on-the-field football story. That's an on-the-field Greg Williams and, and calling a defense that no one has called in years in the National Football sure. League. That's on the field. If it, There's on-the-field embarrassing, and there's off-the-field. I expected more uh, player X has said such such-and-such, about Adam Gase and Greg Williams. There has not been that. I've expected more players say, I'm not coming back to play. And what are you seeing? Guys fighting to come back to play. Sam Darnold fighting to come back to play. I, I give Adam Gase a lot of credit because most teams would just absolutely quit and say, you know what? We got four more weeks. This COVID season sucks. We're going 0-16. I'm probably not going to be here. These guys aren't going to be here. You know what? I don't. I just want the season to be over. And you are robotic and mailing it in. And I give him a lot of credit because this Jets team shows up to play and compete and win. Every single week. So for all the flack I give him, being a horrible head coach he is, and being a guy that I can't believe they hired him in the first place. See, I can't even say this without without telling him what a bad coach he is. I know, but I do I say I give him credit because he has done all of this, and I didn't think he could do that. No, I mean obviously difficult situation,
7: and and look, you're you're professionals, and whatever you do for a living, you're having a bad quarter. You're a salesperson. You're you're in this situation that we're in now because of the pandemic, where you're trying to just. Hustle and and shuffle funds and and cobble together hours or whatever the case may be to make payroll to make rent all all of those things come together and you know it's soul searching time but you can't give up. Likewise here for Adam Gase. Look, we've talked about it. Is there is there a guarantee that he's not back? No. There's there's always the chance that he gets a a, a reprieve and and gets a chance to to work with another quarterback. I think the odds are slim, but give them a puncher's chance. And when you talk about players, well, we know that most of these guys have not banked crazy-ass money on signing bonuses and everything else. Yeah, they've got to keep putting tape up, right? They've got to keep playing hard. And, and as we know, it's a game that if you relax at all, well, you're opening the door for all sorts of bad things to happen, In such a high speed contact sport. So, yeah, I I would have never thought that the players would quit. Maybe a little grousing in the press, but even still, it's one of those that's, you know, counterproductive because, again, you're going to have to go sell yourself to another team, you know, if you're hitting free agency. And the last thing you want is, all right, does not work well with others being checked in one of the first boxes of, all right, this guy, things went bad and he soured on the team and he started calling shots or
5: whatever else. He, well, it's, you it's, it. it's more of the, but it's, it's more of the, you get the unnamed players in the press and you get a lot of players who are just going to, you know, give, give you the bare minimum, the robotic, Hey, we have four weeks left. I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm not going to go through anything. Yeah, I'm I- going to save it for next year. It's a pandemic year. And I'm sure many players are going to get uh, the benefit of the doubt if they have of a down year. Yes, it's not that yeah, suddenly I, there'd be guys. I don't. I don't know how jobs. much they do though. No. I, that that's
7: the thing. Like in theory, yes, you get the benefit of the doubt because of the difficult circumstances. In reality, a whole new crop of players are coming up from from the NCAA. Whole new class graduating and throwing their hats in the air. I'm not going to say helmets because then those fall down and those are. Well, they're doing properties. it virtually. They're throwing
5: the hats in the air virtually. Well, maybe. <laughs> hey, man. By the time they graduate, you don't know. Oh, that's in true. Some- hey, like I say, the vaccine is coming. Va- Trust me, the vaccine is coming. Oh, it's I coming, was just saying
7: some folks are just going to gather in the field and tell you to go to hell and do it anyway. Oh, but okay. the <laughs> <laughs> which is also true. But the <laughs> the idea being, you've got another whole group of guys coming into the league, trying to get onto teams, and what are they? They they're cheap. Right outside of the first two rounds, they are cheap to replace struggling veterans, guys at the back end of their deals, guys where you're looking at an option going, yeah, you know what, we can we can do the same job with someone for you know one sixth the money. Let's go. So yeah, I I would have expected it from the players, maybe a little bit of the backbiting like you said, but to that point, it, it, look, everybody knows who's getting fed, and we know where uh, most of the accredited people there in New York and New Jersey are getting their information.
5: All right. So enjoy that. I just gave Adam Gase a lot of credit. It may yeah, not happen was... again, ever again. I mean, it's, This is like Haley's Comet, man. You see it once and that's it. You may never see it again. No, that's you it. have to do this four Done.
7: weeks from now. Done. Like as we start the new year going, <laughs> you know what? They really played hard. I got to give them credit. They finished the season.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics,
9: Joining us now
5: on the hotline. He can follow him on Twitter at Dan Wojciech Sports. That's at Dan Wojciech Sports, LA Times, NBA Insider Dan Wojciech. Dan, what's happening, my man?
10: How are you? So, if I was James Harden here, I think the thing that I would do is I wouldn't just take all six tests like right in a row. Is there anything about that? Oh, just yeah. Just rip, just them, take rip, rip like, them right <laughs> off,
5: one after another. Just tell hey, if I, yeah, look, that's six in a row. I just took them in the last six minutes. I'm all good to go. It's swap, like swap, shots swap, in the swap, final swap, minute swap. of a game. Yeah. Yeah. Look <laughs> them up. Yeah. You know what? I I didn't think about that. I mean, that's like a revolutionary idea for you know how to be able to play. And make sure you can play sports in the COVID era. Just take them all right so, in a row. Some
10: people are ideas people. Other people are solution people. Guys, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I like to think I'm I'm, I'm in column B.
5: <laughs> All right, well, hey, Well, so speaking of James Harden here, look, we've talked about this a lot. It just seems like things are going down the road of he's going to be an X Rocket. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. when. He wants out. He's not reported to camp. D'Antoni is gone. He doesn't like what the Rockets are doing. They're not rebuilding. They kind of shuffled deck chairs a bit by trading away Russell West for bringing in John Wall. How does yeah. this James
10: Harden story end? I mean, it ends with him traded. I mean, I, I, I don't think – I mean – you know, really the only other sort of example I can think of a player who pretty, like, the the two actual, like, real examples of guys that were, like, I want to be traded foot down and, and like, who it didn't get traded and it sort of, like, rescinded that um that demand were Kobe Bryant, right, and uh, Scottie Pippen, I guess. Um, but, like, virtually everybody else that I can think of a, a real sort of note who kind of pulled this sort of card, especially in the last, like, 10 years, ends up dealt. Um, because, well, I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're the Houston Rockets? Um, I mean, I guess you can keep this guy on the court if you want, and he can do what he wants to do. There's a there's a ceiling to that, um, certainly. And, I, I, I look, they'd rather have James Harden than not. I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, a, a good bet to lead the league in scoring, um, a terrific playmaker, and a guy that'll get you into the playoffs. Um, you know, there, there's no doubt of it. But... I, I think if you're Houston, I mean, you look at this and say, if, if we're really, you know, only looking at two more years of this, well, how do we maximize this? What's our next chapter look like? And that's why it, it's weird. It's sort of like the old, like John Wynn thing here. Like, you know, they, um, they need to hurry, but they can't rush if that makes sense. Right. Like, so I, I think obviously um, Brooklyn is, is is a suitor. Um, I, I don't love the Nets package, honestly, in terms of like trying to get them to where they need to go next. I, I, I think honestly, like it really feels like this ends up with James Harden in Philadelphia, um, and and that's just a guess, right? That, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are going to get a look together. Um, the problems that existed before will probably still exist because time is a flat circle, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, you, you know, and then and then Philly will look at it, and Philly can. I mean, getting Ben Simmons for James Harden, I think, is as good as Houston can do. Um, And that sort of resets the Rockets, and they can now build around another all-NBA player who's under team control and, you know, is young and still getting better. I I think, to me, that seems like a best-case scenario for the Rockets. Now, whether or not that happens, we'll we'll see, I guess. But to to me, it's hard to imagine them doing better than than him. All
7: right. So you mentioned... Brooklyn, you mentioned Philly, two places. Obviously, you've got a lot of personalities and a lot of stories uh, for a a writer of your ilk. But congratulations, you are going to be harassing the Los Angeles Lakers all year for the L.A. Times. So congratulations on that, Dan. Uh, Will you be covering Powell Gasol as a member of those Lakers?
10: That's a good question. I, I think, you know, I mean, look, right, like Powell's not playing five on five yet. Um, and so he's a long way from being able to contribute to an NBA team. It's been a while since he has done that. I, I think. Look, the Lakers have a soft spot for nostalgia. They have a soft spot for people who have given a lot to that organization. And and I think um, you know Paul Gasol has been you know is such a good human being and is someone who um, is really really loved within those walls. And and I think they they'll want to make it work. Um, you know, the question is is sort of <clears throat> You know, a is he willing to be, you know, a fifteenth guy and, and and kind of wave towels and, and hang out? Um, is is that good for what you're trying to do? Is there another young player that you you need, or a different kind of big man on your roster that you need? Look, I think um, one of the things I'm very curious about with the Lakers, and it'll be interesting to see how they kind of address this. Is um, you know they did obviously play very big last year. Uh, and the centers they used were guys that were good in the pick and roll who could catch lobs and rim run. Um that's not Marcus Hall. It's certainly not Paul Gasol. Um Harrell <laughs> sure. is like six foot eight and does some of that. Um, but like, you know, can they find, you know, a really springy, raw, above the rim type of player? Is that the kind of center that, that they would that that would fit well with them? Um, it it's hard to know, right? So I think they'll keep their options open here, right? Nothing seems imminent on this. Uh, but the Lakers, I've written this. I, I believe it. Like, they lo- they do two things, like, super well. Um, they do events really well. They handle big events, right? And then they also handle, you know, narrative just beautifully and storylines and stuff like that. And and this would be – if Pau Gasol figures out a way to end his career in a Lakers jersey, um, that would be just an amazing bookend for him, uh, especially considering, obviously, how – um, you know, his relationship with Kobe, his relationship with Kobe's family um, and all of that stuff. And then obviously being able to finish it off with his brother. Uh, that would be a really it'd be a, re- it'd be a really nice thing. And the Lakers like doing that type of stuff. I just think that they need to win, too.
5: Hey, Dan, well, you know, it, it's not just about Harden. And you look at some players now, you could see some movement. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see some big deals, some, some, uh, for lack of a better way to say, we, we've had a really short offseason. Obviously, no one knows that more than you do because you got back from yeah. the bubble and had to go to work the next day. Uh, yes. <laughs> but are we going to see these big, can we see more than just James Harden happening sometime in December and January
10: because it's just going to take a little bit longer for these things to go on? You know, it's a, it's a really good question. I I mean, I kind of always felt this was sort of be like the crazy trade year more so than like the obviously the crazy free agency year. And and, and there was some interesting stuff in free agency. Uh I, I mean, I think there are some teams that are kind of heading towards crossroads, right? And and that's usually when um trades happen, right? Is well is when you get to this this sort of fork in your franchise's identity and you decide which way to go, you know, do, do the do the Washington Wizards, you know, look and say you know, are we moving for can we can we sustainably move forward with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal and, and can that be something that we win with? Um, you know, and the answer might be no. And, you know, maybe it's a call to Denver and, and maybe it's for Michael Porter Jr. or 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 something like that, and a handful of picks. Um I think obviously um you know, the team that I'm always fascinated with is Portland. A team that seems like they're kind of pushing um, you know, against the same wall every year and You know, I think they'll be better than they were last year. I think they showed in the bubble, um, certainly the kind of fight that they have, and they've got so much cohesion and so much continuity. Um, You know, I I think they're an interesting team, but, I mean, they still feel sort of ceilinged. And at at what point do they look at their situation and say, like, you know, does moving C.J. McCollum make sense? Um, You know, I I think that's on the table. Uh, sort of, a, I, I shouldn't say on the table, I think that could be something that we could hear about in a few months, right? Um, you know, the Golden State Warriors have some really interesting questions to ask about their future. Um, I don't think Steph is getting traded, but like, you know, is there a team that, that needs a six-foot-nine you know, versatile center um, you know, who who's, can can work without the ball? Is, is that appealing to somebody? Um, maybe that's something they entertain. I, I think, you, you know, that there are this stuff always sort of works itself. It, it, well, we'll work ourselves into a frenzy over this as the season goes. But it does feel like we've got a number of teams. Like there is a little bit of a transition right happening right now. We're seeing some teams kind of kind of go for it, and we're seeing some other teams sort of fade. And, and when when they sort of cross, um, it's it's not it's not rare to see kind of players jump. You know, like what are what are the Hawks going to do? Um, New Orleans has a ton of assets, and, and, and you know they've kind of got alternate timelines going. They they. they Seem like they're in a position to compete now, um, but certainly with a ton of young players, could could, could they be active in some of these trades? Um, I think they certainly, if they get off to the right kind of start, they absolutely could be. Um, you know, what about? I feel the same way about the Hawks. Um, you know, Chicago has a bunch of young assets, and and I mm-hmm. think a sort of a desire to look. They just have a new front office and all of this stuff. It seems like they're going to take the long haul approach, but but look, they may they may decide that you know there's an opportunity here. Um, to to make a move and and to kind of accelerate a rebuild. And I I think that'll be really interesting to watch to see. I mean, look, if there's anything I know about this league, right, like something's going to (laughs) happen. It's just a matter (laughs) of trying to figure out what what it's going to be.
7: All good theater time and time again. Last one for you real quick, Dan. Um, LeBron James uh, still with the uh, reaction to the Kyrie Irving. Yep comments uh is he just you know trying to just have a little bit of fun motivation uh what, what what's the uh genesis of that there
10: i i mean i think anything le- lebron is at the stage of his career he's sort of like in his last dance le bradford smith homage stage where i think any like i mean a- any and every accomplishment you know he he's done it he's done it all um so what you have to start doing is you have to start inventing you know sort of um you know, giants to slay. And I think, you know, a perceived slight here or there um, adds a little fuel to his fire. And I think that's certainly part of this, but I mean, I think it's also too, I mean, like, you know, first of all, if you got upset every time Kyrie Irving said something weird, <laughs> um, you'd, you'd spend <laughs> yeah. a lot of time, you spend no, a lot of true. time angry, well, right? Yeah, like, no, you're right, you're right. You're <laughs> like, right. And LeBron probably knows that better than most. Right, like LeBron has experienced this. I mean, then think about like think about the things like and, and supposedly when Kyrie says a lot of this stuff, like that's still him with like a little bit of a guard up. Imagine what he says, when he's like feels like totally unfiltered. You know, you know. Um, I I think certainly that's uh, LeBron certainly used to it, but but I mean, I'm sure it did sting a little bit. I mean, look, this is a guy taking a shot at you know who I think is the second greatest player of all time. Um, seems a little ridiculous. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a nice little narrative and, 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 and look, it happened obviously months ago that this happened and, and sort of the reaction, um, happened with LeBron talking to some friends, you know, sipping on some, uh, some, some high end tequila. And, and I think, I think that's the kind of thing that would come up is like, sort of like, you believe what that guy said? And, and that was sort of, sort of the, the, the genesis of it. I, I still think that that this is a guy, though, who would, even if, like, Kyrie had said something sort of nice, that LeBron would have been like, that was only sort of nice. Like, why is nice? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, might, might have thrown a hashtag on an Instagram post afterwards. Mm, and sure. and like, we'd have been off to the races, you know. I mean, it, it'll be, uh, it, it, that's one of the things that I think I'm most excited about was sort of, like, this, like, day-to-day LeBron experience. Is just sort of, like, watching him sort of react to the world around him. And, like, at some point, like, he's going to say something about Harden, and it's going to be fascinating to hear what he, like, you know, what he actually, first of all, really thinks, but, like, what he also says is going to be, like, you know, um, he is it going to be in an Instagram post with a little tiny bit of shade that you've got to decipher, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole world that I'm walking into, and um, I... I it's a whole world I'm walking into. <laughs>
5: <laughs> hey, real quickly before we let you go, I can't let you bury the lead. Which Knicks power forward do you have as the greatest player of all time? I mean, if if you have LeBron at number two, who's who's at number one?
10: I mean, I say this actually like I'll tell you my favorite Knicks power forward ever is Anthony Mason. Is who? Like Anthony Mason is oh, the greatest. Okay. Sure. But probably but I but again probably oak because I don't want to I don't want him to get mad at me. So, so he'll he
5: he'll on in a plane and come kick your ass. That'll absolutely happen. <laughs> yeah, that will happen. Yeah.
10: yeah, it's oak. <laughs> and, and third is uh third is uh Julius Randle. All right, very
5: good. So I can put that up. Dan Wojik's best NBA players ever. Number 1 Anthony Mason, number 2 Charles Oakley tie. Uh and yeah. then I'll put LeBron third or fourth on the list.
10: Third and then Randle fourth.
5: And Rand, okay, very. I'll put him ahead of Julius Rand. All right, very good. All right. Yeah. Uh, that'll, 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 be, that'll be an awesome fun day for you tomorrow on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> he is at Thanks, Dan Wojcicki Sports. Dan Wojcicki Sports, hey, L.A. Nathan. Times go, NBA go insider, Jack. friend of the show. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> <you. laughs> All
10: right, <take> care.
5: <laughs> Thanks, pal. You wait till we get Trevor Lawrence, pal. We'll see. All right, there goes <laughs> Dan Wojcicki. <laughs> Julius Rand. Put him under LeBron James. Okay, great.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio
5: app. Watch out for the involvement of the Warriors to go get James Harden. Sure. Number one, because they have what it takes to make it happen. You know, look, you can say, hey, we're excited about going into the season. Andrew Wiggins is only 25 years old and Wiseman's a young draft pick. We just got him number two they would trade the two of them in a second as the centerpiece of a deal for James Harden. And that might wind up being the Rockets' best – Best way to go. You make the salaries match. You get a, you get a really good score in Andrew Wiggins. Now, is he going to re- restart the franchise? I don't know. But the guy's a pretty good player at twenty five. Is that not, you know? You think like Andrew Wiggins is thirty four years old? No, he's still only twenty five because he came to the league when he was eleven. So he's still got some time to go. Yeah. And then Wiseman, who is one of the best, uh, one of the best uh, uh, evaluated prospects in a very in a draft that was not loaded with very good prospects, you make that the centerpiece of the deal. That might be the best trade that the Rockets can get in return for Harden. It's something that hey, it's centered around us giving you Andrew Wiggins and we give you Wiseman and that and then you can get then you can make a deal. If then it becomes about a couple of different players and draft picks, but as long as that salary matches and it's a good enough player, but that's clearly enough to get that deal done. And that is what would vault the Warriors into contention in the Western Conference. You can imagine a backcourt with Steph Curry and James Harden. This is where everybody wins, right? James Harden wins because he's in a great player friendly atmosphere. He walks into Golden State. It's going to be, oh my God, this is how you run an NBA franchise. This is how it works. Steve Kerr has his players backs. He's He, he is the, he, the, he's the best coach in the NBA we've seen in 15 years. I mean, clearly with what he's been able to do with the talent in Golden State and win and draw players and help draw players and keep them there this works for James Harden and it works so much for the Warriors because can they wait for Wiseman to be able to become a great player? As good as Andrew Wiggins is, he's kind of one dimensional. They tried to go through with D'Angelo Russell last year. That didn't work. So is suddenly Andrew Wiggins going to be that guy? You know, that when you're talking about trying to keep your franchise and dynasty going, but Harden and Curry in the backcourt together? Forget about uh, Lillard and McCollum. This becomes the must-see backcourt in the NBA. And this will work because Steph Curry can easily play off-ball and take... He is the most unself superstar in the league and that's one thing I don't give Curry enough credit for is being the unselfish star allowing people to be comfortable coming to his team and playing there right? because it's still Steph Curry's team but you can still carve out being a superstar and he makes room for you I mean that is something that you can't measure this is not alpha males coming you're going to butt heads all the time this is where you can walk in and it's a pretty comfortable thing and they can each play off ball and Harden doesn't need to be able to uh, exhaust himself every single game this is what gets the Warriors back to keeping that dynasty door open and I would not be surprised if the Warriors said okay let's see how things are going here alright we can get in in pounds because they clearly have the assets but they haven't gone in yet but that's the best matchup for James Harden Harden to the Warriors is the best one
7: well you could hit the rewind button we were doing this before the draft assuming it was going to be Wiseman based on how things were shaken out, but that that was going to be the best move is to parlay that pick and whatever other assets you needed to to go down and get James Harden and bring him in and try to roll this thing up while you still have most of that core together. Right, I, whoever, However long Draymond Green is, he might have a deal like Drew Brees does with NBC, for all I know, to go be a broadcaster, given some of his uh, pretty strong outtakes and, uh, and hot takes as a member of the panel uh, during the bubble. But when, when you look at Philadelphia, what assets return other than you're just passing time, if you're looking at, at Houston? Right, there's there's nothing that really keeps you competitive and pushing forward. Yeah, Harris is a, a solid player, but it's not it's not moving the needle with your fans. I can tell you that. Uh, at least with Wiseman, you you can sell hope. Uh, we had James Harden; he didn't want to be here anymore. And you've got the quasi distress property. It's not fully because there's multiple years left on his deal. So, Fertitta doesn't have to do something, but we both saw that television clip of him yesterday. That is not a man who's really going into the season with any bit of confidence that this resolves oh, no, simply no. easily and with James Harden, you know, exhaling and deciding he wants to stay in Houston. He recognizes the the day of reckoning is in hand. It was it was quality television. Because right? normally you go on and you want to talk finance, it doesn't become, hey, by the way, this other asset you got, the uh, Houston Rockets, you got a problem there. <laughs> and you can see the look on his face like, damn you, how dare you ask me about this? And, you know, he did as political a, a turn as he could to talk about the situation, but the body language and even some of the verbiage indicated, yeah, he's not hopeful this resolves easy. And Harden has all the cards. He's, he's got everything. In, in this situation because even he, he can probably afford to for a little while to hold out and just enjoy some time away. Uh, i will be curious walking the streets. Cause there was another video of someone trying to get after him and <laughs> one of his bodyguard security guys, what are you the police and the dude cut off the video right as he was getting out of the car. It's like, damn it. That was the good part. I want part two. It's like a great uh, tease for a sequel, but for for houston they they know it ends badly so at what point do they just swallow their pride and say all right what's the best package we can get and you know golden state they're savvy they recognize blood's in the water man <laughs> the blood's in the water and the other people that want to go and, and ride up I mean this is this is everybody coming out of the harbor to go after Jaws should the Orca <laughs> have been the, the boat no it was not the best equipped boat but you had the smartest guys and you had Hooper driving the boat but you, you, everybody else thought man I want in on this and that's mm-hmm. kind of where we're at when you look at Philly and, and the Nets you ain't, you ain't bringing back the same level of quality uh, not to mention if you're in Brooklyn even if you don't think you have to have a coach Uh, I don't know that anybody that's in the uh, the brain trust there is going you sure we want to bring him in with this you sure this will end up well (laughs) I mean a great theater for us no question about it but but yeah Golden State would be the easiest place to go into and it was good to hear you give a little bit of credit to Steph Curry instead of burying him and telling KNBR to call you
5: Hey, hey, system quarterback. Hey, listen, I'm ready for my interview anytime. Yeah, anytime. Look, the, the, the main point is that the Rockets can take their time, and they should because it's trading James Bleep and Harden. But in the end, they're only going to get so much. You know, the, a team is not going to part with a player that they're going to need James need to play with James Harden in order to win, win a championship or compete big time. Like I said, the Sixers aren't going to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. So really, what are you talking to the Sixers for? Okay, the Nets, could you... Get creative around a package? Yeah, but are you really going to get enough players that's going to make no. you want to trade James Harden? I mean, really, in the end, we, you could keep adding first-round draft picks. All right, we'll make the deal, and we'll give you another first-round pick. We'll give you a pick in 2025, 2027, 2028. What, what do you want? We'll give you a first-round pick any of those years, and anything you want. You, you can keep adding first-round picks on, but the players that are going to make it worth it, that's only going to be so good. And for all the teams that can make the move for James Harden and make the salaries match, I, I don't see it team that has a better more ready-made offer than the Warriors because it's a young player that can take on big scoring value yep. you don't know maybe he works well with with John Wall and you're going to build around James Wiseman and maybe he can be a great player that's it's not going to get better than that I mean, it really isn't because if if I'm the Rockets and the Warriors called me tomorrow and said this is our offer, I say, okay, good, do it, let's get it. Maybe try to you know snag a couple of first-round picks or something else if you want to, but I I do that in a second. I do that in an absolute second if I'm the Rockets because I don't think you're going to get a better package from anybody else. But that's just it. The Warriors at least have assets that you can watch on the
7: court this year and think there's growth and hope that these guys – can team together to develop something big as opposed to here's some spare parts and it's just because the money matched and it's not to denigrate the work of these players on the other teams. It's just the reality of they're pieces. They're not, Hey, we're selling the next version of our squad. Wiseman and and Wiggins. I mean, because let's face it, he played in anonymity for several years. I mean, you you could still say, hey, these are two guys on the come, and they're they're the building blocks for the next steps of what Harden had built with us in Houston. We wish him well, but it's time for some new blood. I mean, the marketing writes itself.
5: The wise man. <laughs> and T.J. on Christmas Day. They'd have to, have to make sure on Christmas Day. And Berman would have to come into work to be able to announce it. It's okay. not three wise men, but one wise man going to Houston in exchange for the beard, T.J. I mean, he would commit just to say that line and then walk out. I
7: mean, that, that's, that's all not a bad be. day. There's though. a line I'm walking it's, out. It's like when Krusty was doing all his voiceovers. <laughs> one take and running out the door. <laughs> It's a take on the old uh, legend of Frank Sinatra. You got one take. He was not
5: staying any longer. It's how they shot Ocean's 11, right? uh, We're going to do one more. No, no, we're done. We're all good. All right, we'll see you later.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
4: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena?
7: Like, really love?
8: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.